0: to work in front of the net drops back in front for a shot, they Gore, Smetsa!
1: Jason Smetsa with a beautiful feed on the wing and then the perfect return pass from Mark Giordano and the Maple Leafs have a 3-1 lead and that throat is over.
0: Leafs Nation postgame here, Brent Gunning, Gord Stellick, alongside me, ready, ready to break through, break down, another Leafs win, 5-2 is the final, and Gordo, we got a little little, little action at the end of this one, Ilya Mikheyev finds an empty netter, Jack Campbell with another strong game, uh, not a ton to uh, read into a 5-2 win over the Flyers at this point in the season, but I thought the Leafs uh, checked a few boxes tonight.
1: Yeah, and we'll talk about the Leafs, obviously it's Leafs Nation post game, but Man, they're a horrible team, the Philadelphia Flyers. Like this will be, I mean, Vegas may usurp them as the most disappointing season if they don't make the playoffs. But they're terrible, the the Flyers. Like they're they're they you know, um, I go back and I I think this old older story will be applicable now, Brent. That back when I was uh, working with the Leafs, Dan Maloney, God rest his soul, was the assistant coach. He later became the head coach, and I can remember uh, the year that the team with, we came dead last. And um, so got the first overall pick, took Wendell Clark, but there were about 12 games left and, he, and Danny was getting his skates on for the morning practice. And I remember seeing him and he goes, don't Gordy, Gordy, call me Gordy back then. Don't you wish the season could end yesterday? <laughs> you know, like, don't you wish the season could end yesterday? I love the line uh, and the Philadelphia Flyers, like, don't you wish the season could end yesterday, man, they're terrible. They're terrible. Um, they should be a better team than that. But anyway, we'll park that. They really do wish the season could end yesterday. It's going to be interesting, you know, what they do in the offseason. Man, I, I, anyway, about some maybe some big trades in that. But to your other point, no Austin Matthews again tonight. Another positive appearance from Jack Campbell. All the other positives you meant, and it just hammers home more to me. Don't you wish the playoffs could start tomorrow? But anyway, oh. we have these regular season games.
0: Yeah, I'm right there with you. Flyers don't want to play anymore, and I don't want to play any games that don't mean much. You know, I'll I'll pick up what you mentioned on the Flyers there. You know, there are certain teams that, and I won't name any to throw any under the bus. Yes, I will, the Arizona Coyotes. Uh, You know, some teams, they go through it. They have sad sack seasons. That's kind of how it is. That's almost what we expect. The Flyers are one of these blue-blood franchises in the league, and the league's just a better – it's a more fun league when the Flyers are good and the Flyers are nasty. So, uh, you know, hey, I'm happy the Leafs uh, ran over them tonight, but I think we would all like to see Philly at least in a slightly more competitive spot because the league's just more fun uh, when when they're the mean, bad Flyers. And, you know, I know I know it's giving me flashbacks to Jeremy Roenick in overtime. I don't like it that much, but I like him to be at least a, a little more <laughs> – Uh, a little more competitive you know you uh, you mentioned the game tonight i think obviously the biggest story is the guy who wasn't playing in it austin matthews this is now the second straight game he's missed he was skating with the the scratches this morning so that was with muzzin and and Sandine and kasha uh the good news is is that everything you're hearing is it is an abundance of caution it's nothing to worry about sounds like if it was a playoff game he'd play sounds like if it was just a more meaningful game he'd potentially be playing but man it's uh it is a little concerning that you don't have that guy in the lineup if it's just precautionary i love it make sure he's fresh make sure he's ready to go but it's definitely a little uneasy uh, not not having the the possible mvp in the lineup at this time of the year
1: yeah no question it's just concerning and and, you know one last thing about philadelphia you mentioned jeremy roenick and that i mean in a lot of ways they've been a gold standard team the second of the the six expansion teams the second wave and they kind of set the standards in class and doing things professional and spending money and you know being a class organization and and that got away from them this year Brent would like like, Bo- like Bobby Clark's remarks about Nolan Patrick and Ron Hextall and throwing Ron mm-hmm. Hextall in the bus like regardless of what he thought that stuff they normally kept in house I mean Ron Hextall was a great flyer and he is hurt and pissed off by what Bob Clark had to say and then the, you know, I don't know, so many suits that are presidents of teams, not hockey people, not basketball people, not baseball people, want to get in on, you know, being the, the face of the team. And when Dave Scott met the media with Chuck Fletcher and gave the line that Chuck Fletcher has a blank credit card, which means nothing <laughs> in the cap era because you're up against the cap. He doesn't need a blank credit card. He needs cap space. And this is the kind of stuff they don't do, you know. This is the kind of stuff they haven't done in the past. And maybe maybe that kind of... kind of uh uh, taught maybe applies to why this is such a reprehensible season for the Flyers. But on the Leaf side, you brought up Austin Matthews, and I'm I'm again the abundance of caution, whatever the terms may be. The fact he's out there skating, uh, some people, everyone speculates stuff. Some wondered if it's that wrist which was corrected by surgery and he missed the first three games. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna speculate. It just would be nice. The 60 goal mark looked like it was going to be a slam dunk. It's kind of a neat one because Stamkos did it what over ten years ago, and uh, it's or, or did it ten years ago. It, it's really a hard milestone to achieve, but uh, it, so it's funny they keep winning these games. The balanced scoring, everybody else setting career highs like Austin Matthews is, and and uh, so that's the only thing. Austin Matthews not in the lineup to try to get those final two goals to sixty
0: yeah that's right uh you know for a while there it was ooh, is 65 in play the Ovechkin kind of you know quote unquote modern day or modern era cap era record whatever you want to call it but yeah 60 is definitely still something that's very much in play uh especially if Matthews uh gets back soon and and it seems like that's the plan uh he is going to make the the road trip with this team uh, along with Jake Muzzin while Sandine and Kasha uh hang back so that should kind of give you a little insight onto how close each of those players uh is to playing Kasha still wearing a Red non-contact uh, sweater at practice or not at practice, just skating around. So again, uh, pump the brakes on any any hopes of uh, Kasha returning a- a- anytime soon. Uh, consider it you know a cherry on top, and if and when uh, y- you see him this year, you know I-, I think the good thing about a game like tonight. And look again, it- it's all about Matthews. And yes, you want to have him in the lineup, but. We saw what this team, and as you mentioned, Gord, it wasn't always an excuse because they were able to win three games without John Tavares in the lineup, but you you lost one of those two big centers, and it just kind of threw you completely for a loop, and again, I'm not going to sit here and say it's a good thing that Matthews isn't playing, but this is as nice of a dress rehearsal with really no pressure as Sheldon Keefe has had, and he's really throwing a ton of different looks at the wall uh, without Matthews the past two games.
1: Yeah. You know, that that's a really uh, valid constructive point, Brent, because you know, I mean, last year uh, they won games without Tavares, but then it became an excuse after, you know, and now you're just kind of seeing, okay, okay. I know these are relatively speaking, meaningless games. It still matters where you finish in the standings, but they're going out and doing it without Austin Matthews. And that's what could happen in the playoffs. Heaven forbid Matthews, Tavares, Marner, whatever it may be. So, yeah, and, we, and we've mentioned many times, I, like, I don't want the excuses uh, about that because every team faces energies, uh, injuries. God, I'm tired of those excuses. But if it does happen, this is a little bit of a dress rehearsal the last couple of days and, you know, a couple of games. And whoever's been getting more ice time, go, I'll take more ice time. I'll, I'll, I'll take more ice time. I'll play on a better line. And, you know, they've gone out and done it, right? They've, got, they've gone out and really contributed offensively.
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, I don't, I don't think he's necessarily set the world on fire with the opportunity. But you look at a guy like uh, Nick Nick Abruzzese, and he, he's you know skating alongside guys he wouldn't have dreamed of skating alongside if it weren't for for Matthews kind of you know missing a couple of games here. So you know, he again, not exactly a guy who's necessarily you know jumping up and taking advantage of it. But there are plenty of guys. You know, Blackwell was in the top six tonight. Uh, you see Jason Spezza kind of turning it back with the retro goal there. I think, I think that goal that was. Uh, Spezza from Giordano and Simmons, that had over 30 or just under 3,300 games of NHL experience uh, together on that goal. Of course, Giordano and Simmons uh, getting their 1,000th game this year. Spezza up over the 1,200 game mark. And, you know, we've talked about him. He's a guy who just has kind of felt almost lost this year and it's because of how well he's looked in years past I'm talking about Spezza here and so I think it's really nice for him to kind of get an opportunity to kind of contribute a little more you know obviously you score that sexy goal and that's got to have you feeling good but this is a guy who's been such an important part of the team in years past and in this year it's just felt like he's taken half a step back and that's okay he's, he's 38 years old playing for the league men.
1: Well, you know, get to go back. Memory lame. A couple of Hall of Famers and our buddy Stevie Fell in the Stats Whiz. So I know it was 38, 38. Um, so 109th plus 33. Uh, so 109 years. That may be the uh, oldest trio ever to score a goal for the least, But it said it's the first time you've had a goal and assist from someone 38 or over since uh, 1969 on Boxing Day. Uh, George Armstrong from Tim Horton, who were both 39. So a trip down memory lane and guys that won four Stanley Cups. And, you know, maybe these trips down memory lane with some of these quirky records. Brent, uh, also mean maybe a, a trip down memory lane to talk about Cups back then. And uh, how, do we dare say a Cup in 2022, um, 2023, 2024, whatever? Maybe I'll take 2022. But, uh, <laughs> but you know, who knows? Who knows? One of those fun kind of stats.
0: Hmm, you're mentioning a trip down memory lane and I'm thinking of a trip up young street. That's all I could think of uh, there. And again, uh, we have plenty of time uh, to play on the parade. We've only been thinking about it since 1967. And of course, as, as we mentioned, Gord, if Matthews is the heart trophy winner, he'll be the first leaf to win that in 67 years. Uh, it's funny how it, it does feel like every single night you're getting one of these weird numbers. Every single night, a guy's reaching a career high. You know, you look at William Nylander. He had that amazing post game the other night uh, after after they beat the Islanders. And he said, Oh, was that a career high? I figured I would have had more. He now has officially uh, re- set a new career high uh, 32 goals on the season for him. And, you know, Nylander's a guy who's kind of gone through spells of, you know, giving you less than what he he's capable of. And I think it's a guy who's really kind of finding his stride right at the right time with just a handful of games left in the season here.
1: Yeah. I, I love the fact Brent as well, that when he didn't know how many goals he had before, and it was 31, it wasn't 32. He thought it was 34. Yeah, <laughs> he was off by three. He was all he goes. Yeah, I thought I scored 34 four goals one season, but I, I've I've liked that kind of jo- genuineness about you know the team and dealing with the media because when you're dealing with the media, you're really dealing with the fans, and I think. You know, you look at the Toronto Blue Jays, that's something leaps and bounds compared to, you know, a decade ago that just, you know, people like to see uh, players that just kind of appreciate being in Toronto, appreciate the fans, appreciate kicking ass, playing a sport. And, you know, Willie, Willie Nylander does bring that.
0: Oh, he he absolutely does, and yeah, it's a uh, you know it's all different types on this Leafs team. Whatever you want, he's definitely uh, kind of the most laid back, the kind of, kind of the most chill there. Uh, one other thing I wanted to mention uh, when we're talking about the forwards heel here, Ilya Mikheyev. Now he gets the empty uh, he gets the empty netter tonight, his 18th of the season. Now, of course, we all think back to Sunday night when he had the look at the empty netter and yeah. went for it, even though <laughs> Marner would have been wide open. Now, I don't know if you caught this, Gord. He is wide open. He is in the clear. He has no one to pass to. It is a breakaway on an empty net, and the guys must have been giving it to him because even then he took a peek to see yeah. Is anyone with me, am I truly in on my own? I, uh, I had to mention that because I, uh, I got a kick out of that from of tonight. Uh, you talk about guys who have, who have uh, surpassed what maybe we expected from them this year. He might be at the top of that list when you're looking at the, the middle tier forwards on this team.
1: Yeah, I mean, I still look at Bunting, but he's new. So you're right; it's not, it's not, it's not a uh, comparable like someone who's played before. And um, I, I'm loving it because I really wondered. I wondered because I saw that skill, but I've seen that before, and just you know, people that can execute. The fact that he wasn't 21; he was like 26. You know, makes makes it a whole lot different. And uh, uh, I, I don't know; something just clicked. It started happening, and he got his confidence more and more. And, you know, he's scoring goals, and also he's cutting in with less and less space and creating scoring chances that way. And, you know, salary cap-wise, he's going to be a problem for next year, but let's not worry about that. That's A lot of teams have salary cap issues good on him. He's going to get that kind of contract that he really always thought and hoped he was going to get and be able to cash in.
0: Yeah, that's right. You know, we think of how the, you know, how the talk at the beginning of the season started for for Ilya Mikheyev. And there was the, you know, reports out there from variable sources, but the agent was saying, oh, no, we didn't want to trade. But there was some belief that maybe he's a guy who wanted out. And as you said, hey, uh, you know, that's going to be a potential big payday for him this summer we can worry about that this summer. If he's going to be this guy heading into the playoffs, it's oh oh, so important. Uh, One other thing offensively I didn't want to bring up. Uh, William Nylander, he gets a power play goal tonight. Uh, Really nice for the power play to kind of turn itself around. And not just on numbers. I know they've got goals in a couple of straight games now, but I go back to that five on three they had the other night, Sunday night against the Islanders, and that's what a dangerous power play looks like. The fact that they don't really miss a beat all that much. Obviously, you know, you lose Matthews, you notice it, but the fact that there's just so many other capable options and again I think sometimes when you are scuffling you can say oh we have Matthews let's make sure to work the puck to him but when he's not out there it just allows you to play a little more free and I, I thought that's what I've kind of seen from the power play the last couple days
1: yeah and I, I don't know again what what how you measure about you know heading into the playoffs uh, um you know flying high and what that matters or not it's been debatable a lot of executives and media people that you know have differing point of views uh the the power play i just want to kick an ass in the playoffs right you know i i just want it to be that power play or or more of that that we've seen for a big chunk of this year that's been number 1 for a big chunk of this year so uh to me playoffs has always been a bigger thing on goaltending and special teams and um, that's something they hadn't been able to capitalize on in previous years and you know you got as good a power play in the league and whether it's the Tampa Bay Lightning or whomever you're playing in the first round you know I'm I, your hope because goaltending it'd be a little tough to be a difference maker against Vasilevsky with all due respect to Jack Campbell but other things that you've done during the course of the season like the power play hey why not?
0: Yeah, and I mean, you know, if you're going to look at another facet of the team that, again, you know, Tampa Tampa could win, you know, the box battle if you're going forwards, D, goaltending against just about anyone. But finally, this Leafs blue line, I think they can sit there and say, Okay, we don't have a Victor Hedman. We have a Morgan Riley that's very good. Nobody has a Victor Hedman, though. But beyond that, this is a group that finally just—it just seems to fit together for so long. Even when you've kind of liked the pieces here, there just hasn't been that fit. Who's going to play with Riley, and who's going to be on your second pair? And finally, it's just sort of seamlessly going together. You got Ilya Labushkin and Riley. That's a pair that's working well. You know, Brody's kind of proven he can play with just about anybody, and then Giordano and Lilligren has really become that kind of perfect you know, hot shot. I know he's not a rookie. He's been around forever, but young player in Lilligren with the sage vet and a guy like Giordano, and it just feels like the blue lines kind of, like, kind of fitting together so perfectly. Oh, yeah, I haven't mentioned Jake Muzzin. Oh, yeah, I haven't mentioned Rasmus Sandin, and if you get stuff from those guys, it feels like it, it can be a bonus. It's just, again, you 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 look at the way the pairs are set up tonight, and you look at the way they play. You look at Labushkin going for that big run against McEwen at the end, and you have... You have different spices on the back end and i think the pieces finally really fit together well
1: yeah i agree i agree and you know tampa bay i mean you look at zach bogosian going there they've been able to get um some players to go there for that proverbial haircut to play with a uh, winning team and and depth wise it's not just victor hedman but uh, you know depth wise the maple leafs are a lot closer and especially with uh, with the with giordano and labushkin being at it so you know that that to me was yeah a, um, a weakness in the playoffs before or something that well Montreal certainly had the edge on D again Columbus I I, I mean I the Columbus series is more annoying than the Montreal series actually in a lot of ways but um, you know because again it was Pierre Luc Dubois who beat you not Carey Price and Shea Weber and Philip Deneau and those guys but anyway but now depth wise on D. To your point, I, 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 and that's what they had in the Pat Quinn era, and that's what they had in the Pat Burns era. They did not have Norris Trophy candidates, but they had a solid complement of a you know 4-D that could play top four minutes.
0: Yeah, and that's exactly what I, what you're seeing now. Uh, man, that, that Giordano ad just keeps getting better and better. And, hey, uh, Calgary Flames, I think all of us in Toronto need to go back about three years and give that amazing number one D pair you had out there a little more credit. Uh, Giordano and Brody, uh, they, were, they were great together. I don't know that we'll ever need to see them together here, just given the way all the pairs work together. But that's uh, something that's sitting, waiting in Sheldon Keefe's uh, back pocket. All right, Jack Campbell, uh, give him a little love before we go. He stops 36 of 38 shots, 947 and save percentage, Uh, you know, look, you're going to face more talented teams than the Flyers. I don't know that you're going to have nights where you face 40 shots all that often in the playoffs. Campbell just seems to be, you know, this is completely eye test for me. Yes, the numbers look better, but this looks like a guy who's confident. It looks so much closer to the goalie that we saw in October and November when he was playing great hockey as opposed to the guy we saw in December and January. And, you know, there's a lot to like about the way the Leafs are rolling. They've won, I think, nine of their last 11 games now heading into the playoffs, but maybe, maybe the thing that gives me the most confidence is that it seems like knock on wood and anything else that can bring me luck, the goaltending is is in a good place right now.
1: Yeah, and just uh the way to look, I always use that word deportment and that, and it just seems that Jack that Jack Campbell at the start of the season, we've seen more of it the last couple of games. It's funny, Brent, you know, debating with Nick Kiprios and Justin Bourne about you know, one positive of these last games is okay. Jack Campbell can get in the field, get his confidence going, get his mojo going. I don't know. I, I want to get going. I think Jack Campbell just wants to get going. <laughs> like I, like I, like I'm glad. I, I, th- I think it was valid, but I think because last year, you know, Freddie Anderson never got the appropriate number of regular season games, so that was a big reason he couldn't play in the playoffs. Not, not that they were necessarily going to make a goaltending switch, but you know, Campbell has got those games that were necessary. Like if he did not have these, and the playoffs started. Um, that would be disconcerting, but I, I, I've just I've just liked the way he's brought it.
0: Yeah, I'm right there. I'm with you now. I I needed to see the games we've seen from him lately, but after the one tonight and this isn't me saying rest him the rest of the way. You don't want him to turn rusty uh, between now and May 2nd when the playoffs start up. But yeah, I, I think I've seen all I need to see. That's a guy ready to roll and this is a team ready to roll. Leafs still have some big, big tests though before the season is up. Uh, five games left in the regular season. Road trip in Tampa. That's Thursday in Florida against the Panthers on Saturday. Sunday against the Cap in Washington then they got a pair of games at home to wrap up the regular season that is next Tuesday against the wings before finishing things up, Friday April 29th that home against the Boston Bruins Gordo uh, it's going to these are going to feel like the five longest games ever because I'm right there with you May 2nd when the Stanley Cup playoffs get started cannot come soon enough but tons of fun breaking down a Leafs win with you tonight Yeah,
1: and we're not going to sell it. It feels like exhibition games going on, so we're still going to sell it. It's worth listening. worth listening to our show, but uh, I'm with you. And, and, you know, exhibition games, you want to draw positives out if you can, and that's the one good part they're drawing positives out. Great on the Leafs. Oh, my God. Going back to the Leafs Flyers, though, that's horrible. That's almost sad to (laughs) see about the Philadelphia Flyers. But anyway, not our problem. Not our problem, Brent.
0: No, not our problem, and we don't need to sell it because I know there's enough sickos like me who were out there back in back in September, going, "Oh, give me that blue white game." So if we can get excited about a blue white game in September, uh, we can get excited against a non playoff team uh, here in April. Uh, Gord Stellick, gutting, always tons of fun breaking it down. But let's be honest, a little more fun when it's a five two Leafs win at home. That is the final over the Flyers. Uh, Breakgunning, Gord Stellick. Here, we'll be back when the Leafs are back with another post game pod. Thanks so much for listening to Leafs Station postgame on Sportsnet 5.9 fan.